and welcome to episode 26 of Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Bran Chapter 4 and A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening. So our news that we have today is, uh, we talked a little bit, uh, last time I did the news, we had a new series, another prequel coming out besides House of the Dragon called Duncan Egg. Well, now they've released that there's going to be two more series, two more prequels that are coming out. Um, and these are going to be animated. Um, both of them? So that's what it says. They're both oh. going to be animated series. Uh, one is about Robert's Rebellion, which makes me really excited because yeah. I really want to see that. There's a lot. Like, we've we've mentioned that a lot. Yeah. And you we know, can never really go, like, in depth about yeah. it. But there's so much around Robert's Rebellion. Yeah. You know, because it kind of started the, the, the series of Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. the series of events that happened. And I guess they got a few more coming up, but they're going to be based on those Tales of Dunkin' Egg, those novellas that... Um, and I think we had mentioned that when I said it before, that they were going to actually have other prequel series yeah. off of the Dunkin' Egg, because I guess the Dunkin' Egg is off of, like, one of them. He's just going to use one of the novellas, and he has, like, three. Okay. So... But they're all about those two nights? Or- from what I understand, yeah, there's going to be... There's going to be that one, and I think there's another one that they announced, too. I forgot what the name of it was. It kind but, of throws me off that it's animated. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. Not, I'm not opposed, yeah. but I'm... Hmm. I think that they can do more if it's animated, in my opinion. Yeah. I think. The, I think, the budget for animated yeah. stuff would be smaller than the budget for... That's true. You know, making an animated dragon, right? Very true. But I did want to see, you know... Who would play, like, Robert in his prime would have been cool, <laughs> yeah. you know? Instead of making it... A cartoon, yeah. but I get it. That'd but cool. that's the news, so more to come from HBO on that. And there's no Martin message. All he's posting right now is about like his wild cards projects that I have talked about before. But instead of writing the book, yeah. So nothing on that front. <laughs> um, and then we did get some answers from Olivia's aunt Katie. Um, so thanks for sending them in. Um, so the first question that we had was, throughout this chapter, what changes do we see in Danny from the girl she was before? Um, and Katie said, she has accepted her fate and seems to start making the best of it, and she is stronger. Um, she starts caring for Drogo as well. I like that, Which, the exception. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. The second one was, is Jorah recognizing the change in Danny, and why did he go back on his loyalty to Viserys? Um, and she said, I think he sees honor in her and admires Danny that she he doesn't see that in her brother. So Jesus. So she sees honor in Danny <laughs> and admires her for it yeah. and does not see that it's in her brother. Oh, and he has a crush on her. Yeah. Very good pickup. Hmm. Well, yeah. That's a good pickup this I mean, early. Yeah. It is. <laughs> The third one was Danny comes to the realization that Viserys will not lead them home. As the Khaleesi, will Danny lead them home? And does she see herself now filling that role? Um, and Katie said, maybe she starts having the qualities she needs, but Viserys is not likely to let that happen. True. Very true. Yeah. Because we know what Viserys is capable of. Mm-hmm. Do we? The dragon. Awakening the dragon. the dragon. Not fully, but yes, he's <laughs> yeah. threatened it many yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then last episode, we were in the Dothraki Sea with Danny. Um, we saw Viserys get put into his place finally, and Danny kind of starting to come into her place as Khaleesi, and she even finds 
her way in her marriage. Yep. Today, however, we are following Brandon Winterfell again. Um, he gets a visitor with a special gift and learns some saddening news while trying to be there for his family. So he's learning a little bit how to be there for his family that's there now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the wine we have is the... I found it. It caught my eye because it was cupcake, and we've had cupcakes, like the brand cupcake in the past multiple mm-hmm. times, um, but it's got mocha and cherry, so... Interesting. Yummy. Yeah, and the bottle was kind of pretty. So. <laughs> All right, so the wine rule. So remember, we last episode we started on a rule, and it was he listed like eight key wine terms that you should know. Um, so we discussed two of them last week, and this week I'm going to discuss two more. First one is spicy. So he said this is a sense of dried spices that accent the fruity aromas. So this could include things such as juniper juniper or nutmeg. And these types of wines are described as peppery. I don't think I've ever had a peppery wine. I don't think I want to. Or I a think, spicy wine. I think we have when we had um, mole wine. Oh, that makes sense. That has nutmeg it in does. it. It does. You're right. It's warmed up wine. That You're right. That was pretty good. But yeah. I wouldn't describe it but as peppery. That's like added spices. True. Yeah. Yeah, but that would be nutmeggy. Yeah. And then the second one is mineral. So these wines taste like rocks or other non-plant elements such as salt. We are still unsure today if mineral components are actually present in certain wines. However, there are a good amount of wines that people have described as tasting like gunflint or chalk. I don't think that would be very tasty. (laughs) No. Um, Gunflint? sounds nasty. I don't think chalk is appealing either. Yeah. All right, ready to dive in? Let's do it. Okay. So this chapter starts off with Bran looking out his window, and he's watching Rickon, like, playing with the direwolves. And as he's watching, he notes how much the direwolves have changed since they were pups. So the first one that comes running out is Grey Wind, who is um, Rob's wolf, and he's the biggest of the three now. And then comes Shaggy Dog, and that's Rickon's wolf, and he notes that... Shaggy Dog's fur has darkened until he was all black and he had bright green eyes. And then comes Summer, which is Bran's wolf, and he was silvery and smoky with yellow golden eyes. Summer was smaller and more wary than Grey Wind, but Bran thought he was the smartest. Yep. Of course. course (laughs) Um, So he learned... Sorry. He heard his brother laughing and having fun running around, and then he started to have tears form in his eyes because he wished he could be down there running around too. And then he just got really angry about the situation he was in. Um, He then declares that the crow in his dream, remember the dream sequence we had when Mm -hmm. the crow was telling him to fly. Um, He goes, the crow was a liar and that he couldn't fly and he couldn't even run now. And then it mentions that his eighth name day has come and gone. So now we know that Bran is eight years old now. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bran. (laughs) So after he called the crow a liar, old Nan declares that all crows are liars and that she knows a story about a crow. Of course she does. Of course she does. <laughs> Bran says he doesn't want to hear any of her stories right now and that he hates them. He used to like her stories, but now it was different. So all day, Bran is left with old Nan. Um, he's, she's just like there helping him clean up and like eat and everything. And he probably has to endure her stories all day long. We all have a relative like that. Yes, mm. <laughs> we really do. There's one in every family. 
Uh, old Nan says that these are not her stories and that they have been around even before she was born. So this next part is going to sort of answer a question that we've all been wondering. How old is Old Nan? She old. She, uh, yeah. Let me know. Let me tell you. Okay. So no one really knows, but she was called Old Nan even before Eddard was born. She is the oldest person in Winterfell and maybe in all of the Seven Kingdoms. Um, she had come to Winterfell as a wet nurse for Brandon Stark. Brandon Stark was the older brother of Lord Rickard, who was Bran's grandfather. So, um, she tells the story of how she came to Winterfell a couple of different ways, but one thing that stayed constant with all the versions of the story is that the little boy that she was a wet nurse for died at three years of age due to a summer chill. Okay, so I did some research, and I do believe the Brandon Stark she's referring to is Bran's great-great-uncle once removed. Yeah. So. Yeah, we went through the lineage on that one. It was ridiculous. And then all the other Brandons, because all the other Brandons I clicked on in the lineage, they did not die at three years of age, and this was the only one. So this, I did a little more research and a little more digging, and this Brandon was actually born between 197 AC and 226 AC. Now. Bran Stark was born in 290 AC, which would make this woman over 100 years old. Yeah. What? I'm convinced she's some type of magic. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, There's too many diseases in crap. And she had to have been, like, old, like, when she came to Winterfell, she, too. Yeah, she was already called old. So when Bran... <laughs> yeah. So Bran was born in 290. Yes. But, I mean, let's say... Let's err on the side of she's not that old, and it's 226 AC is when Brandon. But that's was born. still like 75 years. But still, so she's at least 100. Oh, that's what I'm saying. At least yeah. that's what I said. Yeah. That she, he's, that's. What, what's, what's she drinking? Right? Give what's me some of that. In, in her water, because. Yeah. <laughs> so, even though she was. Even though the child she was a wet nurse for died, she remained at Winterfell with her own children. Um, She ended up actually losing her children in the war when King Robert took the throne, and then her grandson died during Balon Greyjoy's rebellion. Her daughters had married, moved away, and have died. So she's literally the only living relative of her house, except for the stable boy of Winterfell, Hodor. Hodor. So old Nan is Hodor's, like, great-great... Grandma? So are they saying that she outlived her daughters? All of her children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That's... that's, Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. She's just old. (laughs) She's... She's a witch. Mm. Yeah. She's a witch. But anyways, back to Bran's situation. He got upset and said, I don't care whose stories they are. I hate them. All he wanted to do was see his mom and dad to run around the castle, to climb the castle walls, and ride his pony again. He wanted things to be like they were before. Which kind of breaks my heart because mm-hmm. things are definitely not going back to normal anytime soon. Poor kid. <sighs> Old Nan said, of course, she goes, I know a story about a boy who hated stories. <laughs> Probably angering Bran even more. Yeah. Uh, he was just getting so irritated with her saying he hated her stupid smile and hated the click, click, click of her needles. And he just wanted to scream at her. <laughs> and then he goes on and broods on all the people who had left Winterfell. Maester Lewin had even written to his dad, his mom, and his brother at the wall that Bran had woken up, but there had been no responses from anyone. 
So he had a feeling that they had forgotten about him. Nan says that sometimes the birds are lost and maybe that's why they have not sent a response yet. To Bran, it felt like he had died and everyone had forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling very lonely right now. Yeah. yeah. And the only people that were left from his family at Winterfell were Rob and Rickon. But he said that Rob had changed and he wasn't like his older brother anymore. He was Lord Rob now, who barely ever smiled, barely ever had any fun. Rob spent his days practicing with his sword and his knights with Maester Lewin going over accounts. And he had no time for Bran. Well, he's got to run the castle. I mean, yeah, I think sense. I think Bran's just sad to see his brother change into such like a hard, yeah, stone faced person. I mean, he literally, he just woke up to everything completely different. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Then Nan interrupts his thoughts and offers to tell him a story of Bran and the Builder because she thought it was his favorite. He had heard this one so many times, but it had never been his favorite. And Bran says that instead of that one, his favorite were the scary stories. And then old Nan um, says, oh, my sweet summer child, what do you know of fear? Fear is for the winter, my little lord. And then she goes on to tell this story. And I there's really, I'm sorry, but there's no way to like summarize yeah, this. Yeah. So I'm going to read the first half of it and then Gabby's going to pick it up after I'm done with my part. But... <sighs> We are going to start this story. So, she goes, Fear is for the winter, my little lord, when the snows fall a hundred feet deep and the ice winds comes howling out of the north. Fear is for the long night, when the sun hides its face for years at a time, and little children are born and live and die all in darkness, while the dire wolves grow gaunt and hungry, and the white walkers move through the woods. So, we've seen this before, but there's so much symbolism between, like, summer and winter here. Mm -hmm. So everyone born in summer has no idea what death and, like, yeah. fear really is. And people who have lived through these winters know, like, shit goes down during the winter, you yeah. know? And she and then Bran goes, you mean the others? The others, old Nan agreed. Thousands and thousands of years ago, a winter fell that was cold and hard and endless beyond all memory of man. There came a night that lasted a generation. A generation of winter. That's crazy. That's a lot of cold. And kings shivered and died in their castles, even as the swineherds in the hovels. So they're not... They're saying right here that the cold and the winter doesn't discriminate. They're coming for kings. They're coming for the poor people. They're coming for everyone. Yep. Women smothered their children rather than see them starve and cried and felt their tears freeze on their cheeks. Her voice and her needles fell silent, and she glanced up at Bran with pale, filmy eyes and said... So, child, this is the sort of story you like? Well, Bran said reluctantly, yes, only. Old Nan nodded. In that darkness, the others came for this time, for the first time, she said as her needles went click, click, click. They were cold things, dead things, that hated iron and fire and the touch of the sun, and every creature with hot blood in its veins. They swept over holdfasts and cities and kingdoms, felled heroes and armies by the score, riding their pale dead horses and leading hosts of the slain. All the sorts of men could not stay their advance, and even maidens and suckling babes found no pity in them. They hunted the maids through their frozen through frozen forests and fed their dead servants on the flesh of human children. And now Gabby's going to pick up the second half Can of I that. Can I borrow your book for that? Yes, there you go. <laughs> Got it open for you. 
Where does it start? The very top of page 241. Um, so then old Nan's voice dropped into a very low, almost like into a whisper. Um, and Bran, Bran found himself leaning forward, like into the story. I thought that was... So he's actually interested in one of her stories. All, I don't like your stories. I hate yeah. you. Well, he asked for now a scary like, one. Yeah. <laughs> now these were the... Now these were the days before the Andals came, and long before the women fled across the narrow sea from the cities of Roin and the hundred kingdoms of those times were the kingdoms of the first men, who had taken these lands from children from the children of the forest. Yet here and there in the fastness of the woods, the children still lived in their wooden cities and hollow hills, and the faces in the trees kept watch. So, so as cold and death filled the earth, the last hero determined to seek out the children in the hopes that their ancient magics could win back the, what armies of men, what armies of men had lost. He set out into the dead lands with a sword, a horse, a dog, and a, do, and a dozen compan companions. <laughs> For years he searched until he despaired forever of ever finding the children of the forest in their secret cities. One by one, his friends died and his horse and finally even his dog. And his sword froze so hard, the blade snapped when he tried to use it. And the others smelled the hot blood in him and came silent on his trail, stalking him with packs of pale white spiders, big as hounds. White spiders? Big as hounds? Yep. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> All righty. Was that the end of the story? Yes, it was. So Bran got his scary story from old man. There yep. you go. <laughs> um, and next thing they knew, the door like slams open with a bang, um, and Bran kind of felt his heart like leap into his mouth in sudden fear. Um, but it was only Maester Lewin, and then Hodor was behind him. Love Hodor. Yep. <laughs> Um, Lewin announced that they had visitors and that Bran was, his presence was required. Um, and Bran just complained, saying that he was listening to a story. Um, and Lewin told him that stories can wait, um, and that they will be there when you come back, but visitors are not so patient and they often bring stories of their own, mm. which I think is a good point. Yeah. Because, especially because the... The visitor is a good visitor. Right. <laughs> um, Bran asks who the visitor is, and it the maester replies that it's Tyrion Lannister and some of the knights, some of the men from the Knights Watch, and they bring word from John. So obviously they're a little excited for that. Um, Rob is already with them now, and the Lewin asks Hodor to carry Bran down to the hall, since obviously Bran can't take himself there. Right. Um, Hodor just replied and said, Hodor! <laughs> I think that... I'm, I'm assuming that Bran is very happy to hear that there's word from John Because yeah. he was just saying, like, oh, everyone forgot about exactly. me and no one's responding. So that must have given him some happiness. Yes. So we mentioned Hodor a couple times now. Um, I wanted to talk about him a little bit more. He's nearly seven feet tall. Um, and he's described as simple-minded, which just means that he is mentally disabled. Um, he's only capable of saying one word, which is Hodor. Um, but he seems to understand complex instructions that are given to him. Like he, mm -hmm. everything that everybody says to him, he knows what he has to do, but he can't respond. He just says Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's a seemingly nonsense word, but in the process it became the name that everyone calls him. Um, like we said, he's the stable boy of Winterfell, and he's Old Nan's great-grandson and her only known relative. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say that his name was is Walder? Yeah, it is. His actual I think name that, is Walder. I think that that is in yeah, it's, like it's the farther next down. couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I thought this was funny because since we get obviously more of Bran's thoughts in the book, um, he had his own little sidebar where he's like, you know, do you think Hodor is going to like shrivel up like old Nan did? <laughs> when he gets old. small. <laughs> when he's old. Because he's seven feet tall. <laughs> but then he kind of thinks that it's not likely, um, even if he lived until he was a thousand. Um, Hodor lifted Bran as easy as if he were a, he was a bale of hay um, and cradled him against his chest. Um, and Bran noticed that he always smelled of horses, but it, that it wasn't a bad smell. Mm-hmm. Which. Interesting. Uh, that's is, there, is there a smell of horses that's not a bad smell? I was going to say, isn't it just. Pretty sure they stink. Manure. I feel like that's fair to say that it would just be manure. Yeah. yeah. It's a nicer way of saying he smelled like horses. Smelled like but, shit. <laughs> um, Theon Greyjoy once said that Hodor did not know much, but no one could doubt that he did know his name. Um, Bran told old Nan that one time, and she told him that Hodor's real name was actually Walder, mm-hmm. like we what just said. said. Yeah. There we go. Um, no one knew where Hodor had come from, but she said once he started saying it, people just started calling him that didn't old man like laugh when he told him yeah "Yeah." (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) um so with that they left old nan in the tower um and hodor was humming tunelessly as he carried bran down the steps and i thought it was funny that they mentioned um maester lewin followed behind but was struggling to keep up with hodor's long strides like me so, walking next to you at yeah. Chris. <laughs> so we're taking off and I'm yes. looking back there like, wait. <laughs> um, when they get to the hall, Robert, Rob, sorry, not Robert. It's Rob. just Rob. Um, he was seated in father's high seat wearing ring mail and bo- boiled leather and the stern face of Rob the Lord. So he has his Lord face on, yeah. not his brother face on. Yeah. Yep. Lord face. Lord Which face. Which is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think we Lord talked on. about the different faces that um, like Ned. Ned put on. Yeah. So it's, it works. Very yeah. good point. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's just a stark thing. Exactly. Yeah. They like know how to... Switch it off. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Theon and Hallis stood behind Rob, and there were a dozen guardsmen lining the greystone walls. Um, in the center of the room was Tyrion with his servants and four strangers from the Night's Watch. Bran said that he could sense the anger in the hall the moment that Hodor carried him through the doors. So, obviously it's a little tense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... For good reason. <laughs> As Fair it enough. should be. Yes. <laughs> um, so, it starts off with... Any man of the Night's Watch is welcome here at Winterfell so long as he wishes to stay. To stay, Rob was saying. Um, And they note that his sword is across his knees and it's out of the sheath. So it's bare. The steel is out. Showing everybody. Yeah. It's basically like... (laughs) It's like like you have a guest in your home and you have like the the, the guns on the table. Yeah. It's like... You're welcome here. Yeah. Like, okay, but why is that You're out? You're definitely yeah. welcome here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't feel it. Um, even Bran knew what it meant to greet a guest with an unsheathed sh- sword. What exactly does it mean, though? Sword. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I, look hear, it up. I was going to say, I hear you typing over there. It sounds I'm gonna like do it's some, disrespectful. But yeah. It sounds like. You can keep talking. I will. Um, I'll do some research. And then Tyrion answers and says, any man of the Night's Watch, but not me, do I take your meaning, boy? So, obviously, he didn't mention Lannister. It was just the Night's Watch. So, I mean, he's right. Um, Rob stood and pointed the his sword at Tyrion. Yes, go. What I is found it? it. So, this is on like a... It's called Stack Exchange, and it's just where you can put questions and people can answer it. Someone answered and said, This is a sign of hostility. Times are hard between the Starks and... Tyrion at this time, since Tyrion is suspected for trying to murder Bran earlier in the book. The scene that follows between Rob and Tyrion is filled with hostile comments, glares, and movements. This is hinted at in the unsheathed sword quote. The hospitality laws are very important in Westeros, and so greeting with an unsheathed sword is like saying, I want to kill you, but unfortunately it's illegal. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. He's kind of being hostile towards the men yeah. of the Night's Watch. Yeah. Mm. No, the Tyrion. To yeah, Tyrion, but not to the Night's Watch. Then why did he say that the you're welcome to stay here? Because he, he was it. he was being petty to oh to Tyrion. Tyrion. It had nothing to do with the Night's he Watch. He was gotcha. saying anybody from the Night's Watch can stay however long they want. Yeah. And then Tyrion's like, oh, them, but not me, basically. Right. And then another one says it's it means he is not welcome and is a sign of disrespect. Yes. Can I just say that if I was in the Night's Watch, I would probably want to just stay there for a while and not go back. Right. <laughs> it's really cold up there. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of lame. And Winterfell actually is pretty Isn't it? Cool. Yeah, it's better. It's better. It's warmer. Yeah. John talked about it being warm. So. Exactly. Um, so, after Tyrion called Rob a boy, <laughs> um, Rob stands up and points his sword at him. And says, I am the Lord while my mother and father are away, Lannister. I am not your boy. That seems very hostile. Not your boy. It is. Yeah. He pointed the sword at him. Uh, well, yeah. Um, Tyrion replied that if he was a lord, he should learn a lord's courtesy. Um, and ignoring the sword in his face, he tells Rob, your bastard brother has all of your father's graces, it would seem. <laughs> that's the truth. Well, um... And then from Hodor's arms, Bran gasped John's name. John! 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 John. <laughs> um, and Tyrion turned around and looked at Bran and said, So it is true, the boy lives. I could scarce believe it. You Starks are hard to kill. I'm sorry, but that's just wrong timing for that little comment. Yeah. You Starks are hard to kill. Like, yeah. I don't. Tyrion doesn't know the situation. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't know. But it's still but... like. Uh, maybe you shouldn't have said that. It's just putting more <laughs> fuel in the fire. You are hard yeah. to kill. It, Wait. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm just trying to kill And then I, in my little notes, I said Rob replied, all sassy-like. And he says, you Lannisters had best remember that. Ooh, Rob. <laughs> sassy but, Rob. But he lowers his sword, and then he asks Hodor to bring his brother over to him. Um... Hodor sets, sets Bran down in the high seat of the Starks, where the lords of Winterfell had sat since the days when they called themselves the Kings in the North, which is pretty So they're not cool. Right now, during this seat. time, they're not, like, considered King in the North. It's just Warden of the North, yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, he, in his 
thoughts, he kind of thinks about how the seat is was cold stone and it was polished smooth by countless bottoms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Okay. Um, the, great se- the great seat made him feel half a baby. Half a baby. Half a baby. Half. Just half. Not a whole baby. <laughs> not a whole baby. Not three quarters. A whole. A half baby. Exactly. They made me feel young. Small. <laughs> I think that's what he's going for. Yeah. Um, Rob puts a hand on Bran's shoulder and says to Tyrion that um, you had business with Bran. Well, here he is, Lannister. I am just shocked that Tyrion is keeping his cool as much as he is mm-hmm. after that hostile greeting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But Tyrion's not... Tyrion's he's not, not like, a, like that. No, like no, Jamie but he's, is, but he's not. Yeah, but Tyrion also is like quick to come back at things, you know. But he's not yeah. really doing that here. I think he knows he's not very welcome. Yeah, but still, like. And that they would just. Kill him. I was expecting like a quick-witted remark or something. <laughs> he's pretty outnumbered in this situation. Yeah, he yeah. does. I guess. Yeah. Um, Bran is thinking how he's uncomfortably aware of Tyrion's eyes, one being black and one being green. Um, and both of them were on him, studying him. Um, and Tyrion finally said, I am told that you are quite the climber, Bran. Tell me how it is you happened to fall that day. And Bran just insisted, I never. That's it. That's, it. that's all he said. He never fell. I never. I never fall. And then let's, like, literally his thoughts are just, he never fell. Never, never, never. Never. Mm. <laughs> nah. um, and then Maester Lewin gently said that, that um, Bran doesn't remember anything of the fall or the climb that came before it, which I don't know how true that is, but I guess Bran never says anything so far, at least. Um, And Tyrion literally just replied and said, curious. So obviously it's a little weird. Mm -hmm. And he seems to be a little, what's the word? Suspicious, Suspicious. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sus. Sus. <laughs> um, so Rob then just says that Bran's not there to just answer questions and told Tyrion to do his business and to be on his way. So again, Rob being unwelcoming. Very, yeah. very get out. Sean again here. Get the hell out of my, my house or whatever. Um... Tyrion said that he had a gift for Bran um, and asked if he liked to ride. And Maester Lewin kind of came forward and was like, dude, <laughs> he can't not actually. He can't. <laughs> uh, he can't ride. He lost the, the, the use of his legs. So he can't sit on a horse. Right. So. <laughs> um, and Tyrion said, nonsense with the right horse and the right saddle, even a cripple can ride. Um, and since we're inside Bran's head... The word cripple was a knife through his heart. Um, he felt tears prick his eyes, and then he, like, yelled that he wasn't a cripple. The denial stage right yeah, now, for sure. Definitely. Um, and Tyrion just replied and said, Then I am not a dwarf. My father will rejoice to hear it. And Theon laughed at that. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty funny. Um, Lewin asked Tyrion what, what sort of horse and what sort of saddle he was suggesting. And Tyrion told him that they needed a smart horse so that the boy could, since, okay, so since Bran can't use his legs to guide and command the animal, he needs to shape a horse from, for the rider. So it needs to respond to the reins and to his voice. So 
Tyrion says to begin with a yearling that's unbroken so that he has no old training to unlearn. Um, and then he pulls out a rolled piece of paper from his belt and he tells him to give it to your saddler and he will provide the rest. So, looks like he obviously had an idea. Mm -hmm. He came with the mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. um, Lewin took the paper from Tyrion's hand, obviously very curious, and unrolled it and was looking at it. And after a while, he just said, I see you draw nicely, my, my lord. This ought to work. I should have thought of this myself. So, looks like it's going to work. Yeah. Um, and Tyrion just says that it comes to him easier because it's not terribly unlike his own saddles, yeah. which makes sense. It's a very nice gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, from the background, Bran asks if he will truly be able to ride. He wanted to believe them, but he was afraid because perhaps it was another lie. The crow in his dream had promised him that he could fly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this is reality, mm -hmm. Bran. That was a, a rhyme. Yeah, this ain't a dream. This is reality. <laughs> right. So, um, Tyrion just says, you will, and I swear to you, boy, on horseback, you will be as tall as any of them. Um, so now, Rob, being all petty over in the background, yep. is now just confused. And he's like, is this some kind of trap? What is Bran to you? Why do you want to help him? Um, and Tyrion tells him that John asked it of him and that he has a tender spot in his heart for crippled bastards and broke and broken things. I like that quote. Yeah. Aww. And he put a hand over his heart and grinned. That's one of my favorite Tyrion uh, quotes. Yeah. What can I say? Love Tyrion. Anywho. Um, so all of a sudden the door to the yard flew open and sunlight came streaming in and Rickon just comes like flying in and he's out of breath. He's a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so the wolves were with him and when he opened the door, obviously Rickon was like, oh. Oh. Bad timing. Oh. <laughs> Something's happening. Oh. So he stops like in the doorway all wide-eyed, but the wolves just kept, kept going. Um, they found Lannister, their eyes found Lannister, or perhaps they caught his scent. Um, Summer began to growl first, and then Grey Wind kind of picked up on it, and they walked towards Tyrion from the right and the left. So he was pretty much surrounded at this point. Mm -hmm. By wolves. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty pretty scary. Um, Theon commented that the wolves didn't like the Lannister's smell. <laughs> Which, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Tyrion starts to kind of say, okay, I'm going to... I am head out. Mm, peace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he takes a step backwards, and Shaggy Dog comes out from the shadows behind him, snarling at him. So he's he thought he could back out of this, but yeah, not nah. three of them. Yeah. Surprise. Um. So when he recoiled, um, Summer lunged at him from the other side. He reeled away again, unsteady on his feet, and then Grey Wind snapped at his arm. And his teeth ripped at his sleeve, ripped, tearing a piece of scrap cloth off of it. So, they're attacking him. Okay. Well, Goodness gracious. At least he doesn't seem hurt yet, but they're going for it. <laughs> um, Bran shouts the wolves from the high seat as the Lannister men's are reaching for their sword. And he just says, summer here, summer to me. Which is, if that works, props to him on his training. So... Summer, it did work. Summer settled uh, below Bran's feet, came over to him, and then Rob was like, oh, okay, 
Grey Wind, stop. And Grey Wind. Yes, I have yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, Grey Wind came over to him, and then Shaggy Dog continued snarling and coming after Tyrion. And Rob's like, Rickon, call your wolf. Call your wolf, man. <laughs> and Rickon, it took him like a minute to realize what was going on. He's like, oh, uh, and he, I think he just says Shaggy or something. She goes, she, no, he, he says like Shaggy Dog, like home. Home, Come yeah. home. And then he Shaggy Dog comes up and like hugs, hugs yeah. him, but it's just weird. I thought it was cute that he says, come home. Goes from vicious to, like, a little baby in a second. Um, And so the the Lannisters' men ask Tyrion, like, are you okay? Is everything all right? He's like, oh, it's just some, you know, there's, like, spit all over his arm. And he's like, didn't break any skin or anything. No harm, no foul. It's fine. Whatever. Um, And Rob sheathed his sword and apologized for being at... Rob sheathed his sword and then Lewin actually went over and talked to him and was like whispering to him and then Rob's like so he apologized for being so guarded and said that you know you're welcome to stay here in Winterfell for the night if you'd like and Tyrion goes I can sense that I'm not welcome here it's fine I'll just sleep there's an inn when I came in I'll just sleep out there and then we both can sleep sound tonight because I guess we both don't like each other um so then he turned to the Night's Watch, Tyrion did, and said, we leave at first light. So, and bye, and he leaves. Bye. Um, and then Rob then turns to the Night's Watch, and then reluctantly was like, if you want, you can stay for dinner. And, like, they didn't notice it, but I guess Bran noticed that he was pretty reluctant in saying that. So I don't know what his kind of hostility is towards them, but that's kind of odd. Even towards the Night's Watch? Yeah, I don't understand why he'd be like, I guess you can stay for dinner. Like... And that he had rooms already made up for them. Don't know what his beef is. I don't know either. Um, so then Hodor picks up Bran and carries him back to his room uh, before dinner. And Bran falls asleep. And Bran not only falls asleep, but he breaks into another dream sequence here. So, yeah. Uh, it's not that long of a dream sequence. This time he's dreaming about climbing again. So he's talking about you know gripping the wall and all this. And he's noticing up at the top of the wall are these gargoyles. And I think we talked about the gargoyles before. Yeah, because he, he was, climbing. He was when we gripping did the climbing one, one he yeah. had a... He was, like, climbing all a bunch of different windows and gargoyles. Yeah. So I sense from this dream sequence a lot of kind of foreshadowing here. So basically the gargoyles are whispering to each other and Bran's like, Okay, if I pretend not to hear them, they won't notice me. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then they turn and look at him. And they leapt from the wall and were getting closer to him. Um, and Bran started going, I didn't hear anything, I didn't hear anything, I didn't hear anything. Um, as they get closer and closer, and then one of them turns into Hodor at his bedside. So he wakes up from his dream. Hmm. So, well, little little weird dream sequence, kind of short. But it's going back to what happened when he before yeah, he fell. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But he sees them as gargoyles. But he still doesn't remember exactly what happened, right? Exactly, yeah. I wonder if he's oh, like putting oh. I wonder if he's like putting pieces together. That's what I think is happening. Like at every dream sequence he's going to have a different piece. Because la- but the sorry, when he we had that dream sequence chapter before, there was nothing about gargoyles. It was just literally was him crumb. falling. Yeah. yeah. That was all. Yeah. And now he's remembering in his dream that there's he was like holding on to a gargoyle. Yeah. So he's putting it together. Slowly but surely. Little piece by little piece. Yes. So Harry carried... Oh, Hodor. Harry carried... Hodor carried Bran uh, to the Great Hall 
where a large table had been put in front of the fire um, and Bran was sitting, going to sit next to Rob. So Bran commented that the wolves had kind of taken over the Great Hall. I think they had talked about this before, but now the dogs don't even go near the Great Hall for scraps because <laughs> the wolves just took over. Like, they don't even, they're not going to get scraps. They're not, then the wolves would probably attack them. So they're not even anywhere near the Great Hall. Poor dogs. Yeah. It's three wolves and that's it. So a conversation ensues um, where they're talking about the wall with Yorin, who's the oldest of the Night's Watchmen that are present. Um, and every time that Rob or anyone brings up John, he just kind of scoffs and doesn't want to talk about John for some reason. Don't know why. Um, guessing he doesn't like John very much. Um, but then Rob obviously can sense that and he's like, okay, so what's the news uh, of Uncle Benjamin? How's Uncle Benjamin doing? And Yorin kind of comments that he's like, oh, that if you want news of Uncle Benjamin, then unfortunately I have not good news and it's not a good trade for the food that you're giving me. Uh, so he's insulting his food now too. Yeah. Well, he's basically like, I came here with bad news, so unfortunately you're giving me food, but it's going to be sad news. Yeah. So not really a good trade. You're going to be upset. So <clears throat> Yorin starts to tell about how... Um, he says the old goat, or what are the old bear, the old bear sent Benjen north to look for on his ranging, like we already know. Um, and that he's been gone, he's been late for like three weeks now or something. So he's not, he's like, he's probably dead. Um, and then we see another really harsh reaction from uh, Rob as he leapt up out of his chair and grabbed his sword and he's like, don't tell me that my uncle's dead. He's not dead. Like you get really upset for some reason about that. Um, and Yorin, who seems completely unimpressed with Rob's little stunt here, just kind of disagreed and said, I've seen a lot of good men go into those woods and never come out. Um, and I think one of the other watchmen said that um, he kind of interjected to kind of calm the moment down and was like, but hey, no one knows those woods better than Benjamin, so who knows? He could be doing something else. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then Bran interjects. He's like, well, the children of the forest will help him. And Theon laughs at him. And is, Stupid kid. You know? <laughs> and Lewin says, the children of the forest have been dead for thousands of years and reduced to just faces on the trees. Um, and Yorin actually came in with a quip here and was like, that might be the way it is in the south, but north, who knows what's still up there beyond the wall. So maybe? I don't know. Uh, and they kind of conclude their conversation there, I guess. Um, so when dinner was concluded, Rob actually carried Bran up to his bed. Um, and Bran kind of comments that Rob is very strong for his age. But even though he's strong, by the end he's still panting when he gets him up to his room. Because he gets a really long way up. He's not Hodor. He's not <laughs> as strong as Hodor. So um, Rob puts him in bed and tucks him in and blows out the candle. And they just kind of sit there in the dark. Um... So there's some tension there where Bran's like, I feel like I should say something because Rob's sitting right here and we're sitting in the dark together, but I don't know what to say. And then Rob says, I promise that I'll find you a horse. Um, and then, I, I mean, I, I promise that I'll find you one of those. And Bran goes, okay, is our family coming back? Like, are they ever going to come back? And Bran goes, well, mom will be home soon. And how about this? We'll ride out together to meet her. What a surprise that will be. Um... And then, when we're done with that, we'll ride north and we'll surprise John at the wall. Like, he's got all these lofty goals. 
and you can I guess you can sense that Rob is starting to tear up um, and Bran reached out to find Rob's hand and they both intertwine their fingers and that's how the chapter ends it's a little emotional brother thing Brothers. Tell Rob's, Rob's having a hard time so our discussion questions are going to be how old do you think old man really is I think we kind of covered it, but you did. But I think she, I think she's over a hundred. Like she's like hundred thirty ish. She's a Dang. witch. I'm telling you. Gabby thinks she's a witch. You think she's hundred thirty? <laughs> the I wicked think witch of the east, bro. I think she's just like a little bit over a hundred. It's <laughs> my favorite video on Wire. <laughs> oh my god. So our next question is: Do you think Tyrion is being genuine? Uh, or do you think he has some sort of hidden agenda? I'm guessing with the saddle, right? Yeah. I think he's being genuine. Same. I think he's following what John told him. Yeah. But he I also said he... that he has a soft spot for cripples and bastards and broken yeah. things. Yeah. And Bran and John are two of those. Yeah. I wish a little bit, just on a sidebar, I wish a little bit that he was doing exactly what John told him to do, which is talk to Bran. Like, I really wish that that situation could have occurred here. Yeah. Well, he kind of did. He was kind of, he was kind of like hitting him with some reality and was like, well, if you're not a cripple, I'm not a, yeah, an imp. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that was you like know? just a little drop of that. I wish that it was more like the conversations he has with John, which are a little bit more drawn out. And But he, you also have to remember this is a kid, not a 14 year old. He's, yeah. you know, much younger than John. So he's trying to hit, like hit him with something that he'll understand. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the last question is, what do you think Rob's state of mind is right now? <laughs> I think he's extremely emotional. I think he's extremely stressed. I think that he's trying to put on a brave face in front of Bran, but it gets too much because he doesn't know for certain if he's going to see his mom and dad again. Right. He doesn't know for certain if he's ever going to see John again. He doesn't know for certain if, he, if Bran will ever be able to ride a horse. He's just trying... To make it okay in the moment for Bran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I and I think that's a lot for him to, like, put on a face. That's why he broke down at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I agree. Absolutely. So that is our discussion questions. Make sure you answer them online if you can. What your thoughts are. Yes. Can I, can I put out a question that yeah. we're not going to answer? Hmm. But for people that don't know the story, can answer? Do you think... When, if you think that the Starks are going to get reunited again, when do you think it's going to happen? I think that's like a broad... Or if you don't think it's going to happen again, let us know that too. I feel like that's really targeted at Aunt Katie. No. She hasn't seen the show, so it's like real good. What do you think? But... Alright. Yeah. Gabby, Tyrion tidbit. Oh, sorry. Um, our Tyrion tidbit is, some allies are more dangerous than enemies. Good one. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Mic drop. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Our Facebook group is Game of Wines podcast group. On Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, we are Game of Wines one. And on YouTube, we are Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode. Next episode, we will be discussing Eddard chapter five. So make sure you read before listening. Thanks. <laughs>